It all comes down to this. We are officially counting down our top 10 Arizona State Sun Devil wide receivers of all time on a Friday edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. You are Locked on Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. My name is Richie Bradshaw, and I will be your guide for all things Arizona State Sun Devils. Thank you guys so much for making the Locked on Sun Devils your first listen every day. Remember, we are free and available on all platforms, including but not being limited to Spotify, Odyssey, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and we're on YouTube if you would like to check out the podcast in a visual format. But wherever you are getting your podcast, make sure you like, subscribe, comment, share, rate, all that good stuff. If you're on the Bird app, Twitter, go ahead and follow me at RichieBrads36. And you can follow the podcast while you're there as well at LO underscore Sun Devils. Now, I'm not going to waste anyone's time. We all know why we're here. It's all led up to this moment. Ranking the top 10 Arizona State Sun Devil wide receivers of all time. This was an interesting list. Because as we went through the week, And I knew coming into this that Arizona State had a very rich history with wide receivers. I was not anticipating it to be this competitive. There were so many guys across so many different eras. And it was so difficult to narrow it down, especially with my top three. I feel pretty confident about how I ranked it. But that being said... It, you could shuffle any one of these three to be at the top and have a very convincing argument for it. I'm curious if anyone is going to be surprised by my number one pick because I'm not going to spoil it. I'm not, I'm not going to say anything. We're just going to go ahead and get started. Before we do that, I do have a few honorable mentions I wanted to mention. Just missing the cut for me is Eric Gulliford, Tim White, Michael Jones, Donnie O'Neill, and Kyle Williams of the 2010s. These were all guys who were absolutely terrific for what they gave to the program, but in the grand scheme of things, they definitely don't stand head and shoulders above the rest of the guys that are on here. Great talents. Guys like Tim White and Eric Gulliford played very, very important roles during their respective eras, but we are going to go ahead now and hop into our top 10. It starts with J.D. Hill. J.D. Hill, of course, of the late 60s and 1970 as well. Three seasons with Arizona State, compiled 1,886 yards and 21 touchdowns with 16.4 yards a pop. Did this in three seasons because, remember, as I mentioned yesterday, he did miss that 1969 season. Nonetheless, that didn't stop him from being an absolute dominant force for the Sun Devils. Terrific deep threat and was one of the most important pieces that Frank Cush has ever had playing in his offense. In fact, you you could make an argument that J.D. Hill was actually the mold that really solidified what Arizona State Sun Devils wanted to be like because following him were so many talented guys. But it started with J.D. Hill. His final year, 1970, 58 catches, 908 yards, 10 touchdowns. Remember, this is 1970. We're not really throwing the ball a lot. And he did this in 10 games. So he was averaging over 90 yards a game. He had a touchdown per game. 
So absolutely astounding what he was able to do. And remember, as I brought up yesterday, this guy was a dual threat because he also ran the football. He had 76 career carries for 606 yards and nine touchdowns. That's eight a pop. That final 1970 year I mentioned, he only had seven carries, but he somehow turned it into 195 yards and three touchdowns. So he finished out his career at Arizona State with over 1,100 yards and 13 touchdowns his final year. And for his career, 20, tw- uh, eh, 2,492 scrimmage yards, 30 touchdowns. Absolutely astounding what he was able to accomplish in just three years at Arizona State. And keep in mind that he he truly was this dynamic playmaker in an era that was really difficult to see those guys come through because it was ground and pound run games. You you weren't used to seeing guys like J.D. Hill, but Hill broke the mold for Arizona State, like I said. Hill coming in at number 10 for me, a very, very strong number 10. Coming in at number 9, I honestly, I, I don't know how confident I feel about putting him against ahead of J.D. Hill, but I nonetheless do have him up there. It's going to be Chris Magaha. Now, Magaha was very, very important for Arizona State because he was in that transitional period when they were trying to figure out th- what what their identity was going to be moving forward. This was during the Rudy Carpenter era, and he provided stability and consistency to this offense. And we have to appreciate what Magaha was able to do, regardless of the fact that his numbers aren't anything eye-popping. He only had nine touchdowns in four seasons, but he did manage 2,200 receiving yards. He had, oh, no, I totally thought that he had, uh, what what's it called? Rushing. He did have a few returns here and there. He returned uh, 15, ca- uh, 15 kicks for 276 yards, which isn't anything astounding, but he did bring some kind of versatility there for you. Overall, Magaha was a very good weapon for an Arizona State offense that truly didn't have some kind of receiver to separate themselves. And it, a, a player on offense overall to really separate themselves from the rest of the pack. So Magaha, I feel like pretty underrated for what he was able to do. Just a rock solid career, nothing flashy, just kind of went in, did his job and did it well. Ended his career again, 2,242 yards, only nine touchdowns. But I still feel like he doesn't get the fair credit that he deserves for his time at Arizona State. So Chris Magaha coming in at number nine for me. We're going to go over one more player and then hop into our first break. That player, of course, being Aaron Cox. Cox playing in the mid-1980s for Arizona State. Four seasons, 2,694 yards, 15 touchdowns. That did place him fifth all-time on Arizona State's uh, receiving yards list. He also finished with an unbelievable 19.8 yards per reception. Dude was a special kind of deep threat for Arizona State. His worst yards per reception in his career, 17.9, which came as a true freshman. After that, it went 19.7, 19.9, and 20.7. The only thing that really holds him back from being higher on this list is that he didn't have the touchdowns. Again, 15 touchdowns in four years. Career high was five. He did that twice. Solid production. It's just unfortunate that He didn't get in the end zone more often because if he did, he's going to be a lot higher on this list. Nonetheless, Aaron Cox, another guy I feel very underrated. And in the 1980s for Arizona State, again, another transitional period as they were 
they were trying to figure out who they wanted to be because the Frank Cush era had come to come to a close not that not that much further or uh, further uh, not that long ago at this point in time. So Aaron Cox very very important for what Arizona State wanted to do. I feel like I feel like we need to talk about him more in terms of greatest ever for Arizona State, which is why I'm glad that I was able to get him into my top ten. Even if it is just at number eight, I still feel pretty pretty okay with where I rank him there. But with that being said, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this first segment of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. When we return, we're going to hop into number seven all the way up to number four. But first, we have to talk to some of our good friends. Guys, I know it's that time of year. You're ready to quit on your resolutions, but I'm telling you, don't quit right now because our good friends over at Built Bar have a great tasting protein bar that you're actually going to enjoy. If you haven't tried the Puffs yet, you are missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat. And of course, just like all Built Bars, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors like yummy cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. They're all so good. These are going to be your new favorite. Again, Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. The best part is if you go to Built.com and scroll down to the macros chart, you'll be blown away. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, but 17 grams of protein. Compared to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Built Bar also has tons of flavors like mint brownie, coconut, and coconut almond, and new for this month, the white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious with new flavors coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, they'll make it. It'll be delicious and good for you. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. I don't know how, but they pull it off every single time. So go to Built.com right now and use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. And again, thank you guys so much for making the Locked on Sun Devils podcast your first listen every day. Now for a big announcement. Starting Thursday, April 28th, tune into Locked on NFL Draft's live coverage of the 2022 NFL Draft with all three days of real-time analysis from our extensive lineup of experts and insiders. And for those of you dying to know who your team will take, catch Odyssey and Locked On NFL Mock Draft Special, hosted by Brian Peacock and former scout Matt Williamson of the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show all week, leading up to the first pick. Locked On NFL Draft Live will be on Locked On NFL Draft YouTube page. Odyssey NFL Mock Draft will be on Odyssey and Locked On NFL Draft podcast feeds. Locked On NFL Draft Live will be on April 28th at 7 p.m. Eastern, April 29th at 6.30 p.m. Eastern, and April 30th at 11.30 a.m. Eastern. Meanwhile, the Odyssey NFL Mock Draft will be on April 18th, 22nd, and 25th. Make sure you guys tune in so that you can keep track of all your favorite Arizona State Sun Devils. Speaking of Arizona State Sun Devils, let's jump back into the conversation for greatest receivers of all time. We've already gone over J.D. Hill at number 10, Chris Magaha at number 9, and Aaron Cox at number 8. Hopping into number seven, a very recent addition that everyone will recognize, Brandon Ayuk. Now, Brandon Ayuk only had two years at Arizona State because he was a transfer coming to the program. However, he wasted no time making a massive impact for the program. In 2018, as the number two receiver, 
behind Nikhil Harry, who is on this list a little bit higher. Nikhil Harry was the dominant de facto number one option in that offense, but Ayuk still found a way to make plays to the point where we were going into his senior season 2019 kind of with the thought of like, this guy's really, really good. We should probably keep an eye on him. And that's exactly what happened. Goes from having 444 yards and three touchdowns in 2018 as a number two receiver to becoming the number one receiver and hauling in nearly 1,200 receiving yards and eight touchdowns. A ridiculous 18.3 yards per reception. Ends his career with 1,666 yards, 11 touchdowns, and a whopping 17 yards per catch. Just an unbelievable career for him. And he did it in a return game as well. As a kick returner, he had 29 returns for 785 yards, a really good 27.1 yards per reception or uh, yards per return, excuse me. Meanwhile, on punt returns, he fielded 25 for 293 yards and a touchdown, 11.7 yards a return. Ridiculous. He goes to the pros. He ends up with Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco, and they've turned him into this very versatile weapon that they can get touches for him all over the field. And this is the same guy he was at Arizona State. He only had one carry for six yards in his career, but I firmly believe that he could have been that guy to get a lot more jet sweeps and ba uh, backfield options and stuff like that. I feel like Arizona State could have been a lot more creative with him than they were, but he still outperformed his expectations, and he was an absolute monster. For the Sun Devils. And him and Jaden Daniels made sweet, sweet music together. As I mentioned earlier in the week, I'll go ahead and mention again in case you missed it. But Brandon Ayuk was exactly what Jaden Daniels needed to stretch the field. Jaden was so used to taking two to three deep shots, uh, deep shots a game. And when he was a freshman in 2019, that was Brandon Ayuk's role. And Ayuk, more often than not, was making that play. Brandon Ayuk perhaps the greatest pure deep threat in Arizona State Sun Devils history. I feel like he, similar to Magaha, I feel like that Brandon Ayuk kind of gets put to the side when we talk about greatest Arizona State receivers of all time. And I know that when my kids start watching Arizona State football, I'll be sure to mention Brandon Ayuk and tell them that he is the best deep threat receiver that I got to see for the Sun Devils but he should be one of the best deep threat receivers that any Sun Devil alum has ever seen. Brandon Ayuk coming in at number seven for me. Coming up to number six now, Sean McDonald. Now, McDonald was a dominant receiver in the early 2000s. 2000, 2001, 2002, three seasons with the Sun Devils, compiled 2,867 yards, four, uh, ugh, excuse me, 24 touchdowns, a whopping 18.4 yards per reception. Meanwhile, including a 2002 season where he had 1,405 yards, which remains a single-season record for Arizona State. Now, McDonald absolutely dominated. And this was, this was before he had the opportunity to play with a decent quarterback. And in, in, now I just feel dumb. But before he had an opportunity to play with a decent quarterback in Andrew Walter. Now, he did get to play with him his final year, which is when he put together the 87 catches, the 1,405 yards, and the 13 touchdowns. Ended up only being a fourth-round pick, which is kind of weird to me, considering the, the, the frame of work that he was able to put together during his time in Tempe. 
because he showed off the ability to be a do-it-all guy, but he also was able to post up deep. 2001, he had 1,100 yards, 1,104 to be exact, on 47 catches. He had 23.5 yards per catch. It was absolutely bonkers what he was able to do. And he closes out his career, including the rushing yards, to 2,930 scrimmage yards, 25 total touchdowns. McDonald was such a deep threat, big playmaker. And I wish that he got he got a little more recognition because similar to Magaha and similar to Aaron Cox, the 2000s were not friendly years to the Sun Devils. But that didn't stop McDonald from posting up massive numbers for Arizona State. And again, he only got to play with Andrew Walter one year. He he was in a very flux situation with Arizona State because Jake Plummer had just left the program a few years prior. So for McDonald to do what he did for the Sun Devils was unbelievable. Sean McDonald, number six on my list. Hopping into the top five now, number five, Jalen Strong. Anyone who knows me knows that I am the biggest Jalen Strong fan in the whole world. It was really tough for me to put him this low and, you know, quote unquote, this low. He's the top five receiver for Arizona State, according to me. I wanted to put him higher, but I just could not convince myself to put him ahead of the four guys that I do have ahead of him. What Jalen did for the program was historic. He is the poster boy of transfer guys for Arizona state who end up producing immediately transferred to Arizona state in 2013 and in two seasons posted up almost 2,300 yards and 17 touchdowns with a really, really solid 14.6 yards per reception. Jalen was an absolute beast whenever the ball was in him. You threw it in the same zip code as him and he was going to get his paws on it again. Like I mentioned earlier this week and like any, any Arizona state Sun Devil fan knows the back shoulder fade was absolutely dominant whenever you would throw it to Jalen. Again, you just you put it five feet in his in his catch radius. It, it was insane. And he was an end zones rat. He was deceptively fast. He was one of those, he wasn't gonna kill you with track speed, but he had long strider speed, where he had the what they call the game speed. He was quicker than people will give him credit for. Meanwhile, he's got some amazing plays, like right behind me there, the Jail Mary. Every Arizona State fan knows how important the Jail Mary is to our history. And Jalen Strong was the culprit behind the whole play. Jalen Strong coming in at number five for me. I could keep gushing about him, but we got to keep moving. Heading into number four now is Keith Poole. Poole playing, of course, in the... 90s, including the 96 season with Jake Plummer. He was a stud. Ends his career almost 2,700 yards, 25 touchdowns, a ridiculous 19.3 yards per catch. Tallied on another 219 rushing yards on nine touches, so 24.3 a pop. Three more touchdowns. So he ends his career with exactly 2,900 scrimmage yards and 28 touchdowns. Keith Poole was... What was what what Nikhil Harry was to the 90s for Arizona State. He truly was just just get the ball in his hands and let him work some magic with it. 1995, he actually got thrown onto special teams as the primary punt returner. 
26 returns for 145 yards. Nothing overly crazy there. That is only 5.6 a pop, but it shows the versatility that he had. And he was a thousand yard receiver in the 1995 year, 55 catches, 1,036 yards, seven touchdowns, 18.8 yards per pop. The other incredible thing about Poole is, again, that 19.3 career yards per reception. He was a post-up, deep-threat guy, a really quick dude, found his way into the end zone. Keith Poole overall. Again, it's so funny how subjective the conversation for greatest Arizona State receivers of all time is because you have like the golden eras of like the seventies where you had four or five guys, you have the golden eras of the 2010s where you had four or five guys, but then you have like the two thousands and the eighties and the early nineties where things are just a little more murky, but Keith pool was able to play in one of the greatest seasons that Arizona state has seen for its football program. And he was a big impact for it too. His 857 receiving yards, wound up being, I believe, first on the team. No, yes, yes. He, he was first on the team in receiving yards. Remember, this is a year that Jake Plummer was the third-place finisher for the Heisman voting that year, and Keith Poole was a huge reason for that. Poole coming in at number four for me. That being said, we're going to go ahead and hop into the final break here. When we return, we're going to count out our final three Arizona State Sun Devil receivers all time for the program. This, of course, being the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of Major League Baseball season. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. All right, guys, without further ado, let's go ahead and close out this bad boy going through our top three Arizona State wide receivers of all time. I'm curious what your guys' thoughts are going to be on my order here. I feel like I nailed it. But I also feel like there's going to come with some controversy. What I will say is, to me, this top three is indisputable. In any order you want to put it in. Because I will listen to an argument for any order of these three. But this is the order I have them in. Coming in at number three for me, the most recent guy on the list, Nikhil Harry. Now, Nikhil Harry was one of the highest-touted recruits that the Sun Devils have ever pulled in, regardless of the position, but especially at the wide receiver spot. All the more impressive was the fact that they pulled him out of their backyard. He played over at Chandler High School, I believe. But he produced. He winds up being Arizona's third leading receiver all time and not far behind the two guys that are ahead of him on this list. Spoiler alert. Ends his career with 2,889 yards, 22 receiving touchdowns, Tallied on another three rushing touchdowns, one punt return touchdown, and one passing touchdown. So for you stat nerds at home, 27 total touchdowns for Jalen Strong. Did it in four different ways. Jalen was an absolute playmaker. Whenever the ball was in his hands, 
he was going to somehow create something magnificent out of it. 13.6 yards per catch really doesn't do justice to everything that he was able to do when the ball got into his hands, but he did get progressively better each year. Freshman year, 11.4. Sophomore year, 13.9. Junior and final season, 14.9. It was this kind of production that ended up helping him get into the first round. But beyond the numbers, he was one of those guys. He he was like Jalen Strong light, where he could just you threw the ball somewhere where he could reach it and he was going to pluck it out of the air. Those 50-50 balls, I felt very confident that Nikhil was going to come down with it 90% of the time. And the playmaking ability. he I remember as a freshman, there was, and I brought this up earlier this week as well, there was a play I believe was against Utah where he completely flips the entire field on, on, a, on, a, on a, not a drop play, but like a jet sweep. And it was insane because you're sitting there and you're screaming. You're like, what are you doing? But then the play keeps going and it keeps going. And all of a sudden there's some green in front of him. And you're like, holy crap, I can't believe you just pulled that off. And then he does. He truly was constantly pulling rabbits out of, out of a magician's hat with the things he was able to do for them. Nikhil Harry, I could gush about him all day. It's unfortunate that he somehow didn't, end up translating to the NFL, at least as of now, but three seasons in, it hasn't looked great. Nonetheless, you look at his college career, and he's one of the greatest Arizona State Sun Devil players of all time. Nikhil Harry, number three for me. Coming in at number two, I feel like this is going to shock some people, but it's Derek Hagan. I'm, I'm, I am totally accepting of your hate, and I understand. Richie, how do you have Derek Hagan number two on the list and not number one? He's the all-time leading receiver in yards, catches, and touchdowns. How on earth is he not number one? I'll tell you how. The guy ahead of him, who you should be able to guess by now, was a transcendent level talent, regardless of the numbers. We also were going to take into account when they played. But looking at Hagen's frame of work, it's insane. Borderline College Football Hall of Fame numbers here for Mr. Hagan. Ends his career four years at Arizona State, 258 catches, 3,939 yards, 27 touchdowns, all of which are franchise records. Managed 15.3 yards per reception for Arizona State. Hagan was truly, truly the, the definition and the poster boy of consistency, reliability, and playmaking. Hagen was a monster for Arizona State. There is no denying it. And he played with a slew of different quarterbacks, the best of who was Andrew Walter. But him and Walter had a really good connection with each other. And what Hagen was able to do for the program, obviously historic. But what he was able to do was truly give them a big-time difference maker at the receiver position. And this is a Sun Devils program that has had a lot of really, really good receivers. But nonetheless, Hagen found a way to stand out on his own. And stand out he did because he goes on to have the most prolific, the most prolific receiving career in Arizona State history that won't be toppled anytime soon. He also goes on to be perhaps the greatest offensive weapon in Arizona State history. The, the numbers that he put up are astounding, averaging almost 1,000 yards a season. 
averaging nearly seven touchdowns a year, averaging over 60 catches a year. And when you consider the fact that over 60 catches, excuse me, consider the fact that his freshman year, he only caught 32 passes, 405 yards and zero touchdowns. He had three consecutive thousand yard seasons to end his career, including back-to-back 1200 yard seasons, 27 touchdowns in three years. Just insane. Everything that Hagen was able to do, his frame of work, and you put on the tape, and the dude was a monster. Don't know what else to tell you. Derek Hagen, an absolute monster. Isn't number one on my list, though, although it truly could be a 1A, 1B situation with the guy I have at number one. Number two, Derek Hagen. Number one, John Jefferson. Jefferson, to me, is an undisputed Number one receiver all time for Arizona State, regardless of the numbers. But even then, he still has them. Four seasons with Arizona State, toppled 2,937 yards, 20 touchdowns. Now, he didn't ever have a 1,000-yard season. He did have two 900-yard seasons. He managed to do one of those 900-yard seasons in 1975, of course, being the Famous undefeated season where Arizona State was the number two team in the nation. John Jefferson was practically the offense for that team, catching passes from the legendary Dennis Sproul. But John Jefferson, so good. He truly was Odell Beckham before Odell Beckham. The way he just glided around the field. He was was just such a better athlete than everybody else in front of him. And there was no stopping him. He truly was just one of those guys who it's like, find a solution and let us know if you figure it out, because we have no idea how we're supposed to stop this guy. Did it in the seventies. You don't throw the football in the seventies. You run the football. Jefferson broke that mold. Jefferson was one of the guys where you just wanted to get him the ball in any way that you possibly could. And he was always going to make something happen with it. Truly an unbelievable talent for Arizona State. And I think I can leave it at that. Because I can gush about these Arizona State receivers all day long. We've had so many great ones, and I feel like we don't get as much credit as we deserve from the rest of the world when we talk about organizations that have put together a quote-unquote university for a position, I feel like Arizona State should have some kind of argument for wide receiver U. If from the top five alone, not even including everyone else that we've had. But if we're talking NFL success, then there truly has only been one guy being John Jefferson, as long as we don't include Charlie Taylor, who was a running back at Arizona State. And remember, that's an amendment that I had to make is because Taylor was probably going to be number two on this list if we were basing it on NFL success rather than college success. Nonetheless, John Jefferson, number one for me. I feel very confident in that. I don't really feel like backing down off of it. If you'd like to debate me, though, you can always find me on Twitter at RichieBrads36. You can also find the podcast at LO underscore Sun Devils. But that will do it for me and the Locked on Sun Devils podcast here today. Thank you guys so much. For making the Locked on Sun Devils your first listen every day, remember the podcast is free and available on all platforms such as YouTube, 
in a video format if you would like to see my beautiful face as I talk everything Arizona State Sun Devils, football, basketball, baseball, and otherwise. You can also get us in an audio form on locations such as Apple Music, Google Music, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you get your podcasts. We're there and available Monday through Friday. It's the greatest Arizona State Sun Devils content in the whole world. Do me a favor. Make your second listen locked on NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices, just like the Locked On Sun Devils. It is free and available on hot platforms. Now you guys do me a favor. And until next time, you keep it locked right here on Locked On Sun Devils.